0: You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast.
1: Hello, hooligans, hooting for hoopla, and hooting nanny. Welcome to Good Job Brain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. This is episode 57, and of course, I'm your humble host, Karen, and we are your joyful, jumping, jabbering jesters. I'm Colin. I'm Dana. And
2: I'm
3: Chris.
1: All right, time for our first general trivia segment, Pop Quiz Hot Shot. And here I have a couple of, actually, random Trivial Pursuit cards. You two? Yeah, which one should I pick? Oh, uh, uh, no. Left or right? Left, left. Right. Blue wedge for geography, and you guys have your barnyard buzzers. Name two of the three nations that make up the Baltic
2: states. Oh, oh
1: that's my question.
2: Purple
3: no oh
1: sorry oh got it monopoly <laughs> yeah
2: I'll, I'll take a stab uh estonia correct uh latvia ding 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 ding. all right and then, and then is so. the third one is it lithuania correct right. wow look Good at
3: that job. okay well unfortunately it only asked for two so you're wrong <laughs> so
1: you lost all your
0: points <laughs>
3: yep that's
1: right
2: <laughs> you're in the Fle- loser flew now. too close to the trivia sun.
1: <laughs> pink wedge for pop culture what X-Men star was named Sexiest Man Alive by People Magazine in 2008? Uh, Dana. Hugh Jackman? Yes, Hugh Jackman. Ian McKellen. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Stewart. Ian McKellen uh, could
2: win Sexiest Man Alive. Sure. I don't doubt that.
1: Yeah. All right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yellow Wedge. In the late 17th century, scientists Isaac Newton and Gottfried Leibniz Leibniz, uh, each claimed to have created what branch of mathematics?
2: Uh, I believe they both claimed the calculus was there. The calculus?
1: Yes, calculus. Eventually, (laughs) both were given independent credit for its creation. Oh. Purple Wedge. What 18th century Austrian composer started writing music at five years old? Full name. Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Yes. Yeah, well done. Very good. Green wedge for science. Which animal is not also called a panther? It's multiple choice. Oh. Cheetah, cougar, jaguar, or leopard? Cheetah. Yes,
3: cheetah. A cheetah is just a cheetah. Uh,
1: the name panther is used for the cougar in North America, jaguar in South America, and leopard in Africa and Asia. Wow. I didn't know any of that. Yeah. yeah.
3: I thought panther was like its own thing.
1: All right, last question. Orange Wedge, what is a fixie unable to do that other bicycles can?
2: <laughs> uh, change gears.
1: Yes. <laughs> Instead okay. long answer, a fixie answer?
2: has a single gear. It's a single it, gear bike, like a fixed gear it, bicycle. Yeah, right.
1: It cannot coast.
2: Oh, oh that's yeah. true because they have the back brakes, right? As well. Does, okay.
1: I don't uh, know bikes. Mm. Are, the, so the single fixed gear makes the pedals turn with the wheel, right? So they can't coast. Oh, right, sure. You know? Yeah.
2: Okay. It's like right, direct right. drive. Hmm. I'll give myself partial credit. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. Good, good job,
1: right. Colin. <laughs> oh, good job, everybody. And this week, this is your suggestion, Chris. It this was? This week's topic. Yeah, I think so. Oh, great. You're like, I want to talk about fake things. Fake
3: things. Well, yeah. we went to, um, when we were in Paris a couple of years ago, we went to La Musée de la Contrefaçon, the Museum of Counterfeits. <laughs>
1: Whoa. Yes. Is and it, it, it just was, money?
3: No, it's not just money. It was like counterfeit money, counterfeit Louis Vuitton bags, counterfeit uh, uh, makeup, <laughs> counterfeit toothpaste, counterfeit video games, counterfeit cars. Like just If you anything, can fake it, they got it. If you can it. fake it, they have it. It was really <laughs> fascinating and so I've always had kind of a fascination with like counterfeiting and fakery and things of that nature so
1: so this week we're going to talk about fakes forgeries mimics and imposters <laughs>
2: The, the final, final frontier. frontier. Oh, wow. oh my god! <laughs> it took us three hours to record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was like in stereo.
0: They're sitting uh, on both sides. That was <laughs> the best take.
2: Mm. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, fakes can mean any kind of things, but really they all revolve around deception. Counterfeit is fake currency for the purposes of making yourself rich. One of the kind of fakes that really interests me is uh, decoys, decoy Whoa. fakes, you know? And decoys have really been on my mind a lot because I just read an article uh, not too long ago about the discovery of a new species of spider. Have you guys read about this? Yes. The decoy spider? Yes. This is so great. We, so... we actually
1: linked it out on our Good Job Brain Twitter. Oh, that's right. It's, we had
2: some cool spider it's stuff. It's so scary. It is. It's great. So what this spider does, um, they just discovered it. And what this spider does is make a fake decoy spider that it leaves in the web two fool predators. So, you know, birds or wasps in particular that will attack this spider. And so the thing is great. So it uses like little bits of like bark or twigs and mm. some oh, of its own webbing God. and just whatever debris it can get. And it constructs a decoy that's three or four times its natural size. And then it kind of just hides out of the way. And the photos of it are incredible. You look at these pictures, you're like, I can't believe a spider made that. It's got, you know, kind of a rough body and little legs. There goes legs. humanity. There goes humanity. Yeah. The spiders are making what decoys we, now. Yeah. What does
0: it do once the bird gets there?
2: They say that the spiders that make these decoys have a higher rate of survival so it's sure. I don't know if you can answer the well, why yeah, okay. it so doesn't if, eat the bird
0: or <laughs>
3: okay, yeah, so let's say, let's say a, bird. a bird is gonna fly at your spider web and try to eat you like okay maybe the bird flies at the decoy and tries to eat the decoy but maybe that gives you just enough time to get away right well you know? so
2: I should also emphasize that they say that one of its main predators are a wasp oh, so okay. I don't know that it like flies away with it it's you know it'll attack the decoy
3: and then maybe the go on its way right? or, or get caught in the, in the spider web <laughs> right huh? that's yeah. true so, so
0: I think a smart decoy spider would become a booby trap decoy spider, and, and would... construct an yeah. additional
1: booby trap behind the web to trap the bird. Right. Right. Taint
0: the spider, the fake spider, oh, and then oh. when oh, the
2: birds uh, yeah. stupid <laughs>
0: spiders, man. We should be spiders.
1: In We'd ten so years, gonna... they're going to discover a new species.
0: That All right. Does well, that. I'm g- yeah. I'm
2: going to restore your guys' faith in humanity a little bit here okay. because okay. this was really sort of a, just a uh, intro to what I wanted to talk about, which is human made decoys. Oh, uh, the military has just a great, incredibly interesting history of using decoys. Uh, I had always heard about these growing up, but I didn't realize how extensive the use of decoys was. So one of my favorite uses of decoys is... Fake tanks, okay? And this was a big thing, partly in World War One, but really taking off in World War Two. The Soviets and the Germans in particular, the British became really adept at this, and part of it makes a lot of sense. Like a real tank is expensive, slow to move around, and if it gets blown up, it's a huge investment down yep. the tube. So making decoy tanks does two things. You can put up a field with tanks literally made out of wood and painted canvas. So from a distance, if you have an enemy scout, you know, it looks like oh they've got got a lot more forces there. One of the other real uses of the decoy tanks was for aerial bombardment. You know, that if you're oh. flying over, again, you're you're in the the bomber view window of an airplane at many thousands of feet. If you see things that look approximately like tanks, you'll drop your plate on there, and you've now thrown the enemy off your trail. The Soviets were really considered to kind of be the masters of this. They would go so far as to build little skeleton skins that they could pop on jeeps, because jeeps are cheaper. So, you know, Mm -hmm. you pop the fake tank skin on, so you could actually drive it around. So it gives the appearance of being able to move these tanks around.
0: That tank is going 60 miles per hour.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It became such an important part of warfare and the deception that there were whole divisions of the armies given to just making deep decoys. And again, you know, the Soviets just, they would have decoys of everything. Fake missiles, fake missile launchers, fake Mm -hmm. tanks, fake ships. There were inflatable tanks. That are just what you sound like. It's, you know, you look up close, you'd be like, nobody would fool by this. But that's the point. You don't need to be fooled up close. The the American troops uh, during the invasion of Normandy, uh, they credit a big part of the success is that leading up to the invasion, they had large masses of fake vehicles in various invasion points. Hmm. And the idea was to fool the Germans into thinking, oh, they're going to attack here because this is where all the vehicles are massing. And in fact, it draws attention away from where you have your real vehicles stored up. Wow. I sort of thought that this was something that would have gone out with World War II. I'm like, all right, well, you get high enough technology. This isn't really going to fool anybody. But no, of course not. It makes sense. The decoy technology keeps up with the enemy technology. Of course. The U.S. military, we have the M1 Abrams tank, you know, just a staple of the U.S. military. And, you know, these things are millions and millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. They develop... M1 tank decoys that only cost a few thousand dollars. And part of the project is you can fit an M1 tank decoy into a duffel bag. They are proud of this. So it collapses, it Mm -hmm. folds up. Like a tent. Yes, it's exactly. It's like a little tent. So you, you know, you bring out your little fake tank decoy, pop it up, unfold it. It can be done by just a couple people out in the field. They get so advanced that some of these tank decoys can even give off fake heat signatures.
3: Huh. Wow. So if you're in an sure. enemy aircraft yeah. above,
2: you'll get fake heat signatures coming off of them. They have audio recordings if they even need to simulate the sound of a tank fleet moving around. Wow. Uh, and this is just tanks. They're also fake planes too. And again, you know, from a cost benefit analysis, okay, well, if I can make a fake plane, you know, for thousands of dollars and it gets blown up, big deal. Versus yep. a real plan that costs $30 million and getting blown up. As we get closer and closer to current day, it's harder and harder to find details about what kind of decoys the government oh, sure. actually has. Yep. So, what yeah, I'm I'll describing you. to you, some of this information is over 20 years old. Mm-hmm. So, you can imagine just how much more advanced it's gotten in the last 20 years. Wow. Hologram. Yeah, yeah. I mean, That's and again, it's, <laughs> you, <What>? you, you, <laughs> I, I mean. I, you, you yeah, are yeah, only half be. joking. You are yeah. only half yeah. joking. It
1: might be. It yeah. Might be.
2: Um, so, again, it's, you know, next time you're out on a bombing run trying to bomb some tanks, take oh. a minute. Make sure that they're real tanks before you drop your bombs on All right. them. Thank you. Thanks. That's good advice. Good, good tip. <laughs> That's news you can use.
1: One of my favorite things to do when I'm on an airplane is to browse through SkyMall, oh, which yeah. is the oh, catalog yeah. of weird of stuff. Oh, yeah. And they always sell the fake person decoy that you can buy. Like, it's like a life-size fake yeah. person. Oh, oh right, yeah, like the one yeah. that you
3: put in your car? Yeah, or- yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> So you can go in the carpool lane?
1: Or you can put it in your house so you can do like a home alone thing where it looks mm-hmm. like there's people in the house. Oh,
2: yeah. Okay, sure.
1: I-, I wish I could meet someone who bought one of those things. You know, I want to know <laughs> what's it like. Yeah,
2: I want your – yeah, your use you story of yes, this, fake, exactly. this fake person.
1: Yeah. I remember when actually Chris suggested the topic. I was like, oh, yes, finally I can talk about this one cool thing. <laughs> but then I also have a very deep fear of it. So uh-huh. what I suffer is – Motophobia. Motaphobia is fear of moths. Uh, I don't like moths. Um, I'm fine with butterflies. Something about moths
2: freak me out. They're
1: furry and they're fuzzy and they look creepy and they flap. It's almost like... They just go for it. Yeah. They're
0: they're aggressive flyers. (laughs) They are.
1: But for this segment, I put on my big boy pants and I decided to research this. So there's a moth and moths are usually nocturnal. But this type of moth They sometimes fly during the day or at around sundown and they're called the hummingbird moth. So they're called hummingbird moths because they look like hummingbirds. What? They're huge. They're big. So they're, they're a little bit smaller than hummingbirds, but they're, they're pretty meaty. They're fat and they're plump and they're fuzzy. So it kind of looks okay. like feathers. Mm. The, the way they fly actually almost looks exactly like how a hummingbird would fly. They, they oh. flit? They, yes, they flit. They can hover. They Whoa. can fly vertically, uh, horizontally. It doesn't have a beak, but it does have the proboscis, ah. which is mm. the the curly thing, like a tongue, that they use to extend and, and drink nectar from oh, sure. flowers, sure. like a, okay. like butterflies. So the proboscis is actually really long, and you, you can see it, and it almost looks like a beak. <gasps> Huh. and it makes an audible humming noise. What? This huh. moth, this insect, if you didn't know, you would think you're looking at a hummingbird. What Except, color? They're like brown. Okay, like mothy color. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think the only thing that quickly gives it away is probably their their antennas, but they're moving so fast that you can't see the antennas at all or huh. you think they're feathers. Even though I have a fear of moths, this is amazing. Where are they found? They're found...
3: In your nightmares.
1: <laughs> really? They, sound cool. they are, kind of sound cool. They're kind of They're kind of cute too and mm. surprising that I would say that they're found mostly in warmer areas in Europe and in Asia here's the other thing if we're talking about mimicry or biomimicry the eggs that they lay they're glossy and they're pale green they're said to look like flower buds of the host plant that they hang out around
2: uh, so, wow. so like yeah. natural camouflage mm-hmm.
1: crafty little bugs mm-hmm. I have a quiz!
3: Okay, Oprah. <laughs> you get a quiz! And <laughs> you, you get a quiz. quiz! Well, if we're talking about fakes, let's talk about one of my favorite things fake bands. Ah. Uh, bands. Yes. Fake, fake bands. bands. Bands from movies, bands from okay. TV, okay. sometimes, sometimes as good as um, or slightly better than real bands. Um, <laughs> sometimes, often mistaken for real bands. It is a, it is a straight up quiz. I will quiz you and all ask right. you a question, and you will tell all me. Right. These are all themed around fake bands. Okay, okay, all right. I think
1: I know one.
3: Okay, all right. <laughs> The members of this fake band were actually later in another fake band called The Folksmen. Karen. Uh,
1: Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap. Yeah, yes.
3: yes. Yes. The the members of Spinal Tap uh, were then in the movie A Mighty Wind. A long time ago, my brother, like, asking me, like, wait, no, Spinal Tap's a real band, aren't they? Spinal Tap really did cross over to the point that a lot of people do think that they are an a actual real band. Yeah, band. Yeah. They go on tour um, sometimes. Yeah. They do. Well, yes. Yeah. The, the members, uh, Harry Shearer, Michael McKean, and, uh, oh, um, uh, Christopher Gass. She- Christopher, oh, Christopher Guest, Guest, of course, Christopher right, Guest yeah. do go on tour, and Karen and I saw them on tour. They're as close to uh yeah,
0: but they might be real now. It's yeah. It, yeah. it
3: they, they yeah. really blur the line, don't they? Yeah. Um okay, so how about this? This fake band from the TV show Full House was fronted by John Stamos's character. Oh Oh. What?
0: <laughs> Jesse and the Oh. Uh... <laughs> coasters and the something
2: no no I'm
3: not no. going to be able to retrieve it oh I don't know you'll know what when you hear it? it it's Jesse and the Rippers Yes, ah! Jesse and the Rippers became big in Japan when they covered the Beach Boys hit forever because yeah. of course they did because we also yes. did
0: Kokomo I remember that episode well, that, was, <laughs> John, that was that well, was with the Beach John Boys Stamos yeah.
3: actually um, would play in Beach Boys concerts with them sometimes really yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. he's yeah, a yeah, talented he musician a yeah idea. that's true wow mm-hmm. yeah. here's another one you've probably read or heard about and may not be able to recall but we'll see referenced obliquely in the books this fake band played in one of the films of this mega hit franchise with a song called Do the Hippogriff Oh Karen uh,
1: Is it the Weird Sisters It is yeah, the yeah. Weird
3: Sisters in I the Harry Potter Jesus. franchise is the is the band that they're all fans and of And
1: they're in movie 4 They're in movie 4 at the Yule Ball at,
3: Yes indeed at the Yule Ball they play their their hit song Do the Hippogriff. Did not take place in the books. The only two members of this fake band who really sang on the albums were Shirley Jones and David Cassidy.
2: Sounds like Colin.
3: That is the Partridge family. That is the Partridge family. Yes. Yes. Definitely a fake band. (laughs) Yeah. The plot of this movie sees the main characters travel to a future in which their band, Wild Stallions, are worshipped. (laughs) Uh, let's go with Dana.
0: Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. No. What? <gasps> oh wait, to the future. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Yes.
3: <laughs> the lead singer of this fake band appeared on Late Night with Jimmy Fallon in 2009 to play the band's signature song, "Friends Forever." Uh, it was um, it was from a, uh, a real? It was from a, It was from a popular uh, television show. Those popular Muppets. kids in the 1990s. Was it from one of the Nickelodeon? Are- no, Nickelodeon. Um, yeah. So uh, the, the actor uh, who appeared on Jimmy Fallon to play the song was Mark Paul Gosselaar. Oh. What's the name of the band?
1: Oh, <laughs>
0: i uh, From so,
3: Saved by the Bell? Yeah, I
1: yeah. have no
0: idea. Wow. Snack Attack.
3: I don't know. <laughs> oh, it's it's Zack Attack. Zack Attack, Zach attack <laughs> is the name of the band. <laughs> That's great. Well done.
0: Close. Close.
3: Friends forever. Um, wow. much like the Beatles, this fake band reunited on a rooftop for one final performance of their hit Baby on Board. Oh, Colin, that is the B-sharp. The B-sharp yeah. from yes. the Simpsons. <laughs> All right. Fake bandception. This fake band was forced to play an even faker band at a film shoot. The even faker band they were forced to play was called Cap'n Geech and the Shrimp Shack Shooters.
1: Whoa. So it's a fake band. Yes,
3: a fake band from a movie. And at one point in the movie, they were forced to play the band Cap'n Geech and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. Oh, man. That sounds
2: familiar.
3: They're a very, very famous uh, fake band of all the of all the fake bands. This is a big one. The movie is that thing you do. Uh, what is the name of the band? The Wonders. The Wonders. Uh... Yes. This fake band was assembled for a seventies television show, then became a real band.
2: Uh, well. The Monkeys? The Monkeys. Yeah, okay. Yes. Oh. The only thing I doubted, I wasn't sure if it was 60s or 70s,
3: yeah. Yes. Uh, the Monkeys originally were not hired to, like, play their own instruments. They were musicians, but they weren't really hired to, like, be an actual band. And then eventually they kind of, like, got creative control of the the, the music and they did go out on tour yeah. playing their own instruments as a real band. But they were assembled as a fake band. This fake band was fronted by record producer Jerrica Benton.
0: Oh! David. Jim in the Hologram. That is correct.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, and finally, it's not George Clooney singing in this fake band, but it's bluegrass singer Dan tyminski Karen. The
1: Soggy Bottom Boys. The soggy yeah. Bottom
3: Boys. From um,
1: Oh Brother, We're Out That. A, wow,
3: that's tricky. Had a big hit with Man of Constant Sorrow, which, yeah, uh, which none of the Soggy song. Bottom yeah. Boys actually played. <laughs> Uh, and that's the fake bank. That's great. Cool. That was oh, good.
1: That was hard, too.
0: So we're talking about fakes and decoys and bluffs. And so I'm going to tell you a, a crazy pants story I found about this guy who faked his own death. Oh, Whoa. I love
2: these. I yeah. love these.
0: So the person is Lord Timothy Dexter, and he was born in Massachusetts in 1748. Whoa, that long ago. Yeah. And he was like kind of a self-made man. He was poor, but he was an author and he was a go-getter. And he wrote a book and it had tons of typos and, (laughs) I mean, typos. It had tons of punctuation and grammatical errors. So he had to give it away for free. And then it went into eight printings and he, he was kind of a jokester. And, um, people criticized him on the punctuation in the book. So when he reprinted it, he had a page in the back that was just full of. Commas and periods so, like, punctuation marks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like that. <So> that's <laughs> what a jerk <laughs> that's good, I like that, so make your own, yeah, yeah DIY. He, he wrote
0: on it, place it as you please, <laughs> like, so that's who we're dealing with. That's the guy that the story revolves around, so he did the oldest the oldest trick in the book. It comes up on sitcoms, it comes up in movies, it's so corny now, but maybe he invented it. He wanted to know what people thought of him, so he faked his own death, oh, no. and this is the 1700s. So it's yeah. not to, like, yeah. escape, well, I mean, you're uh, uh, really
1: in a jam. He,
2: he just wanted it. to hear what people say about him when he's out of the room. Yeah.
0: So he faked his own death. 3,000 people came to his funeral.
3: <gasps> Now what did he, he do? A, how did he fake his own death?
0: He just told people that he died. Like, who <laughs> no, would believe him? You know, like,
3: he just wrote Hey, me.
0: so They're I like, died. Oh. he he was a self-styled lord, so he was like, "Lord Timothy Dexter,
2: died. Oh, you know, he God. sent out like his own fake announcements. Yeah, basically. he did,
0: and he tried to get as many people as he could to go to his funeral. Three thousand people showed up. Whoa, huge. And then his wife was there and she wasn't crying as hard as he thought she should be crying. <laughs> oh, he didn't tell his wife. No. Oh
2: my <laughs> oh, no, god. No. He wanted
0: to know what she
2: thought. Wow.
0: Yeah, he was a piece of work.
2: You set yourself <laughs> up there for some really potentially embarrassing, hurtful things. Yeah.
0: She wasn't really reacting the way he thought she should react when such a great person dies <laughs> so he came out and he beat her at the <gasps> funeral what the hell going on in this story <laughs>
2: it's crazy this is insane <laughs> I imagine him like hiding in the back dressed like a little old lady or something <laughs> and then just ripping off a wig and
0: I shouldn't Cy- joke
2: about it but I mean it's, he's attacking his wife at his own funeral that's,
0: that's I so... wish there
2: were more first person accounts but it was just like this wow. guy was crazy <laughs> and
3: yeah. you're
2: right it is I have I have absolutely seen that plot on sitcoms yeah, it's such and, a yeah, trope. Yeah. and yeah. I was like was he the first? well I just you know it's just such a simpler time it was so much easier to fake your death back <laughs> then yeah, right, exactly. you could just yeah. send out an announcement Oh, he's dead.
1: (laughs) All right. Let's take a quick break. A word from our sponsor. and we're back you're listening to good job brain and this week we're talking about fakes forgeries mimicry imposters lies and other <laughs> bad stuff other
3: uh, forms of deception
1: yeah, yeah. trickfree yeah. business yeah
3: so clearly we should talk about counterfeit money right yes. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah okay all right people have been counterfeiting money since there was money. Clearly, like, you see money and you're like, gee, well, I mean, if somebody's gonna give me, (laughs) like, a bushel of rice for this tiny little piece of copper, like, what if I were to make a fake one? Then I could get many bushels of rice. The
2: motivation is just readily apparent. Yeah. Right, exactly.
3: You don't have to think too hard. I want more (laughs) of it. Um, And and this is why counterfeiting is, of course, done by some of the most brilliant criminals, you know, making, like, incredible money that is just extraordinary, and then the absolute stupidest people (laughs) in the world who literally think it is a smart idea to like print a five dollar bill on their inkjet printer <laughs> and like tape the sides together and try to pass it off do <laughs> counterfeit in the olden days would carry the death penalty Whoa. Um, because it if you think about it it's not just like oh I stole this five dollar item from this guy because I made a fake five dollar bill like if you are counterfeiting, and you are pumping a lot of fake money into the system. You can ruin a country with right. counterfeit money. It can be an incredible danger to the actual stability of that nation if there's too much counterfeit money because it totally devalues the oh. currency, the real currency of that nation and you can you can make them broke. Great Britain tried this on America during the Revolutionary War. Really? They counterfeited American <gasps> currency. Huh. And tried to get that counterfeit American currency into the country mm. to destabilize our currency and devalue that is so it. Yeah. Devious. Um, That's so smart. That's devious. The Nazis were going to try this against the Allies. They actually mm. had Jews in concentration camps printing, <gasps> uh, counterfeit, like millions of counterfeit British pounds that they were going to try to inject into the into Great Britain to wow. weaken them. Wow. Yeah. Money used to be the value of the metal in the coin. That's true. Right? People used to do is called clipping. They would take coins and they'd shave the silver or the gold around the edges right, right. and then they would get as much of those shavings as they could and then melt those into new coins new coin. and that they'd right, they right. kill you for that I mean, they'd, they'd draw and quarter you for that if they caught oh. you doing that too. Benjamin Franklin made some, what actually printed some of the first paper money in the colonies and printed on this money was to counterfeit is death. <laughs> wow. Benjamin Franklin did not mince his words. It was estimated in the United States of America that after the Civil War, anywhere from one third to one half of the paper currency in the United States was counterfeit. Yeah, For there where was a, there was a huge people were just making. It. Well, here's the thing, right? So as as per the the Treasury, the Treasury has this on their website. At that time, there were approximately 1600 state banks designing and printing their own notes. Oh. Each note had a different design, and so there were seven thousand varieties of genuine (laughs) genuine paper currency in the united states and then there were four thousand varieties of counterfeits so it was really really difficult to distinguish real from fake and so basically what they ended up doing was in well in 1863 they established a national paper currency prior to that moment the u.s just had coins and then what, what what do you think happened
1: People printed stuff on paper. They started
3: counterfeiting the national currency. Uh, And so then two years later, after the adoption of the national currency, that is when they established the... Secret Service. Secret Service, which I think we might have talked about on the show before. The Secret Service was originally established to prevent counterfeiting. Outside the US, the most counterfeited bill is the $100 bill. That's the one that's the most in circulation everywhere. But hmm. in fact, uh, apparently inside the US, the most counterfeited bill is the 20. Hmm. Yeah. That um, makes sense. I mean, it's easier, easier. just to pass 20s in it general. It is. And yeah. so what you do is you make a whole bunch of 20s and then you just go store by store buying a pack of gum for $20 because again, people aren't going to look at it. If they get a 50, they're going to get at the counterfeit pen and they're going to be really scrutinizing it. But the 20, you just go around passing bad 20s and you, you You get $19 and change back for every one of them, and it's a small-time criminal operation. There's also, and I think that this is tremendous, that they actually have to tell people and more people about this, but there's something called Raised Notes. And what these are, people will take a dollar bill, and they'll take a $10 bill, and they'll cut the corners (laughs) off of the $10 bill, a real $10 bill, and they will tape it. them or glue them onto a one dollar bill. Now, if you have more than 50% of a U.S. bill, that's still legal tender. So a bill with the corners cut off, you could take it to the bank. But right.
1: then they'll they... know what you did.
3: Well, yeah. <laughs>
1: um,
3: unless they don't, you know, unless you rip it in half or try to disguise it somehow. But like uh, on the treasury, you can see, you know, a one dollar bill with George Washington on it that somebody taped the tens on the corners to. <laughs> that's great. And people will take these things because they're, they're just not looking for it. Now, here's the part that you really have to worry about if you end up with a piece of fake currency you have lost the game of musical chairs it is it is the hot potato and you're stuck with it no one's gonna reimburse
2: you for it right (laughs) It it is
3: fake and you are out that money if someone detects it if you unknowingly bring a counterfeit to a to a store and hand it over to the cashier they're like this is counterfeit you don't. You don't get it back. You don't get it back. They actually keep it, and they're supposed to give it to the Secret Service. And if they were to unknowingly give it back to you, and now you're on notice that it's counterfeit, and you go to try to spend it somewhere else, now you are committing a crime because right. now you are on notice. You know. You know it's counterfeit. Yeah. There. There have been instances where people get a counterfeit note from the bank, and they go home, and they try to spend it, and they're like, "This is counterfeit." And they take it back to the bank, and the bank's just like, "We sorry, sorry, sorry. we can't do anything oh. about this." How would they know that it was them who passed it to you, and that you're not trying to run a scam? Why are they yeah. Giving you a dollar. Why all are they taped doing up? it? Yeah. Also, just yeah. Saying, no, yeah. it's true. It's true. It's like shouldn't the bank have a better Knowledge, system? Yeah. For, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so how do they actually make bills now? Like I know they have really, really high tech ways, but oh, what yeah. are some of the things that? Well, they I use? mean,
3: the, the paper has all these right. little tiny. I mean, you've looked at a dollar bill, and there's all these little fibers and things like that in it. And I mean, so uh, what they, what some people will do is they'll take an actual five dollar bill and they'll bleach it. Mm-hmm. And then they'll print a $100 bill design on it. But if you hold it up to the light, you can still see the ghost of Abraham Lincoln staring out at you from the bleached $5 bill. There's actually, they call this, I ran across this as well, they're called Super Dollars. It's this rash of counterfeit bills that the United States speculates might be made in North Korea. I hear that and, North Korea is a source of a and, lot of counterfeit. And North Korea yeah. says is actually made by the CIA, has sort of, <laughs> sort of pranked <laughs> against North Korea. Who's right? I don't know. Um, they're so good. Like the paper quality is so good and the printing quality is so good because the printing quality on these things, like the the etchings and the lines are really so tiny. sharp. Yeah, they and call it crisp the microprint. Yeah. 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 And these are typically blurred on a counterfeit, but the super dollars they call them, are so good that the, a way to tell them from regular dollars is that they're actually of higher quality than regular oh, dollars. Oh, wow. They're over-engineered. Yeah.
2: As you say, though, a lot of it is the paper. Like, the little fibers in the paper, mm. or the little strips that they started embedding, and the, the watermarks now to do all these things. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting. I mean, you talk about counterfeit detection. Like, we've all seen it. We go to the market, and they've got the little pen. They run across it, or sometimes they'll hold it under the little UV light detector. Yeah. And these are all to look for it, signs of tampering or making fake money and, and things I'll, like that.
3: And I'll tell you, the, the pen they say, don't actually work anymore because all you have to do is use hairspray on your fake <gasps> bill. Basically, it like, prevents the ink from soaking in and so when you use it, when you have used hairspray on it, it, it oh. doesn't show up as being <laughs> fake, right? <laughs> yeah. Right, right.
0: Wow. I know. for counterfeiting.
3: You know, as home printers get
2: better and better, we need to stop the guy from just printing up a $5 bill and cutting it out and passing it to an unsuspecting merchant somewhere. This is a real concern, actually. As home technology like printers and things started to get better and better and better and better, governments were starting to get really nervous. In fact, I mean, in the U.S. government in particular, because moving into the '80s, '90s, you can get home printers with incredibly high resolution. Mm-hmm. You can get scanners with incredibly high resolution, and so you know, law enforcement agencies, uh, particularly, are worried about criminals using this. You know, what's to stop a criminal from scanning in at incredibly high res a twenty-dollar bill mm-hmm. and then printing out their own versions on a super high printer? Well, the answer is that the government works with technology companies to build in anti-counterfeiting protection Whoa! in the devices that you already have. So this is sort in of, my house, in your in my house. Printer. That's right. So we've talked, to you, this is sort of one of those open secret kind of things where the printer companies don't deny that this is true. And in fact, they boast about it because it helps. So for example, you have, you know, say an HP printer. They can program the printer to recognize currency and basically refuse to scan currency. Whoa! Yes. And so they will work with the U.S. government. Again, we'll take the $20 bill as an example. But
1: will they report me? like through some wireless <laughs> yeah, like, beep beep beep, beep. this person this guy hold it, on
2: hold on to that okay, question okay. for a second hold Just on to that question what about doing
1: for an art project
2: the answer may surprise you right don't, Yeah. not
1: Wi-Fi your printer
0: <laughs> that's a great
2: question is, is like well what about fair use or what's to stop me from finding a high-res image of a $20 bill on the web you know why did not need to scan it in all right so one thing that you know scanners can be programmed to do again this is by the manufacturers in full cooperation with the government um, is to not only recognize patterns of currency but specific colors so say for example we're talking about uh, the green ink that we use in american currency is mostly green on one side they can program their scanners to recognize the exact tint of that green so it knows whether you're scanning a reproduction of a bill or the actual bill and if you try and print it out they can embed a signal in that color that it prints it banded or jaggy or with noise in it, foiling you from reproducing <laughs> the exact features of bills. Now, again, I want to stress these are common features now built into modern scanners mm. that that they don't necessarily advertise on the box, but they are, in fact, built in. Okay. So say somehow you get an awesome high-res image of a $20 bill onto your computer. It's super, super, super detailed, and the quality could fool somebody. How do I produce it? All right. Maybe I've got a great printer. So now the printer companies are like, okay, how do we do this without crippling the printing ability for people for normal uses? Yeah. So are you guys familiar with the term steganography at all? You may have heard this term. Encrypted yeah. It's big in the cryptography circle. Steganography is basically, it comes from hidden writing. It's like hiding hiding information in other information. Um. So they have programs that can embed documents in a photo, for example. Okay. Mm-hmm. So steganography. And the same root uh, from stegosaur it means like covered, covered writing. Oh. Printer steganography is the means by which your common household printers, HP, Epson, whatever it is, they will embed tracking pixels when you print things out. Virtually every major manufacturer that makes inkjet or laser printers, when they produce anything that you print, they will print a unique coded arrangement of yellow pixels that are not visible to the naked eye unless you're looking up really close or have a really high scan of it. And what this is is a signature that can say... This came from this printer with this ID Aww. number that was sold, and they can track it all the way back up through the chain. Oh, so your question God. is, well, how could they find me? The way they could find you is that if it's some track. merchant, as Chris says, you know, if merchants get counterfeit bills, they're supposed to contact the feds. Mm-hmm. And what the feds can do is they know they sort it. of the code book that the printer manufacturers Sorry. use, and they can say, all right, it came from this exact printer with this serial but number. But that's only
1: if I use it. That's
2: only if you use that printer. But again, this is major printer manufacturers are sort of, uh, let's say they are encouraged by the government to install these features, by which I mean they are uh, more or but less told to. But my fear <laughs> is still
1: the alert. There's no beep, 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 this person using, no. they're going to GPS map me. Well, you know, certainly be like, hey guys, I'm just printing out for an R project. They
2: could easily get there with the technology. Oh. Uh, and of course, you know, there are a lot of privacy advocates who are, for, you know, for good reasons, they're really mm-hmm. against this technology because it can be used to spy on you. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like any other technology that's ostensibly for law enforcement purposes, you could think of other ways to use it. So there are, if you go online, you can find ways to hack your printer and That's turn off thinking. and turn off yeah. the embedding tracking pixels. Yeah. I was yeah. like, you're
0: making me want to go home and hack my printer right now.
2: There are whole, yeah. there are whole websites dedicated to telling you basically how to get, if you know what you're doing, how to get inside and stop your printer from sending these oh, things. Oh, I just yeah. want to
1: see the track. Like I actually want to experiment to see if my printer does it.
2: If you have an off the shelf printer from any major manufacturer bought in the last decade or more, your, your printer is producing tracking pixels.
1: Oh, oh, that and, and decoy spiders.
2: Oh. What and a just world. to drive the point home, the all of this is driven by trying to prevent
3: counterfeit. Again, it's really really potentially dangerous. It's
0: true. It's true. I just feel weird that it's doing sneaky stuff. Right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs>
1: I have another quick news bit about imitators. For the last decade, people have been worried about the bees disappearing.
2: Right, right. right? The, the colony uh, collapse.
1: Yes, the colony collapse. And it's a big deal because without bees, then their main job is to pollinate crops and, and that's becoming a problem. So Harvard decided to try to find a possible solution with, with the bees disappearing that maybe we can do something it, meanwhile, to continue their work of pollinating crops and stuff. So what they did was they invented machines that can both fly and to some extent behave like bees. Mm. These are little machines. <laughs> robo, bees. robo bees. They're called robo bees. Oh, okay. they're, <laughs> they're actually called <laughs> – that, that was my ending segment. I'll <laughs> be okay, like, guess what they're called? Oh. They're actually called robo Robo bees oh. and they're as big as probably a little bit smaller than like a like a coin huh. and they have bee like wings, but the body is like mechanical. So in 2007, uh, this Harvard lab conducted the first successful flight <laughs> of a robo bee. Mm. They can fly by themselves and they even have a hive that they go to Aww. mostly for like refueling and, and for charging. It's not like they're actual you know hanging out because they're, <laughs> they're machines. That would be really awesome. It's well, scary actually. Mm. That's something they're working on is they can guide robo bees from flower to flower. <laughs> they're also trying to inject algorithms and in programming so that they can behave. In a colony, mm. they won't. Have I can't a... see any way this big <laughs> Exactly, <laughs> yeah. it is. Yeah. They they won't have a queen, but the robo bees will live in a hive, and maybe in a couple of years or in a decade, that they will have hive mentality and colony oh, yeah. mentality. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm sitting here thinking about how oh, this is how the human race falls. <laughs> <makes sense>. <laughs> And, but the thing is, it's not just pollination too. I mean, they can potentially use this for search and rescue missions after like a natural disaster or a nuclear disaster, uh, military surveillance or mapping climates and places that you know it's hard to reach right right people
2: they're just they're little micro drones basically mm-hmm. they mm. are
1: it's size of a coin they can maybe monitor traffic in the future like a whole bunch of robo bees just flying out and then okay I got this part I got this quadrant I got this quadrant they fly back and they give you the information man this episode is like full of things that, may, that
3: might wipe out characters. the human oh, race yeah. oh yeah true counterfeiting uh-huh. robo bees
1: decoy
0: spiders decoy spiders <laughs> triggering my doomsday prepper <laughs>
1: And, Dana, you have a last quiz segment for us, right?
0: Yes. It's kind of a grab bag of fake, imitation, faux, hoaxy, imposter things. (laughs) So get your buzzers ready. All right. Famous people who had this item include Winston Churchill, Clark Gable, Emma Watson, and George Washington.
1: Emma
2: Watson? False teeth?
0: Yes. Oh. Emma Watson lost her teeth while she was filming Harry Potter, so she had to get little fake teeth
1: wow i have fake teeth i have one you? i have two I why don't. are you so I surprised i feel left out yeah, i don't have I any smug. fake teeth I'm at like, all i don't have any oh, fake teeth <laughs> no i want a fake
2: tooth they have, like hide stuff in there <laughs> no
1: it's not like a little locket <laughs> like, <laughs> like <keys> and things. <laughs> <laughs> yep. what would you Change. hide in a fake tooth do between me and my milk. fake tooth i <laughs> do oh,
2: no.
0: if i ordered three me in a restaurant what would i be served Serene In a Japanese restaurant.
2: Can you spell it? Oh. Is, is that crab or uh, fake crab? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. oh, it specifically is the imitation crab? Yes. S-U-R-I-M-I,
0: right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. In the mid-90s, early 2000s, this author wrote the autobiographical novels Sarah and the Heart is Deceitful Above All Things, about growing up as a truck stop prostitute. But this author was exposed as a fake in 2005 in New York Magazine oh,
2: article. Oh, I remember this. Well, who was this? I remember when this happened. Ah, oh, frustrating.
0: It's JT Leroy. Yes. And I have, a, I have a story about JT Leroy. Yes, that's right. That familiar. They were starting to get heat about being a hoax. They called one of my friends and... Offered to send a raccoon penis necklace to her. (laughs) Random penis bone necklace. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Not a live one. (laughs) And I was like, wow, that is crazy. (laughs) I was a little jealous.
2: (laughs) Really? Oh, really?
3: Really? You want a raccoon penis bone? I guess you're raccoon penis bone.
0: I think it was like supposed to bring luck or something. Weird. <laughs> not, not for the raccoon. <laughs> not for JT Leroy either. I could oh. a few more of those. Judd Apatow launched a fake sitcom on NBC.com to promote his film, Funny People. Oh, oh, what was the name of the TV show, The
1: Fake Sitcom?
2: Yo Teach. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I thought it was real. That was in the movie. I didn't know that they did. They actually made a fake trailer. It was
1: on Hulu, too, and I watched it. and I was like, this show is
2: horrible. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? That's funny. Yo Teach. Yeah.
0: With Jason Schwartzman. This show stars Betty White and a cast of senior citizens pulling pranks on unsuspecting folks in Southern California. Oh,
1: Karen. oh why do I know this?
0: Off their rockers. Betty White's off their
1: Suckers.
2: rockers. What? I I need to see this show. It's
1: a real show. Like if you if you told me I was like, "Oh, it sounds fake." No, it's Betty White and a bunch of um sure funny is. old people pull pranks.
2: I would watch that. I yeah. would watch that.
0: My parents really enjoy that show a lot. All right, last one. It's tricky. It's a tongue twister for me. Let's see. Okay. All right. Take your time. Yeah. Polymethyl methacrylate acrylics are better known in beauty circles as what?
2: <laughs>
1: Fake nails. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Go Karen. Fake nails. Oh. Have you ever had them before? No. They suck. Uh, wait, they the did, not they... like
3: we press on nails, but like oh, some serious like shit. the ones that they
0: glue. They oh, change the chemical. Sure. Yeah. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah, yes. and there were like
2: people getting infections and stuff, right? Wasn't they're, that was... there's just nothing but trouble? They're <laughs>
1: crazy
0: business.
1: <laughs> 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 it's just a lot of chemicals. And I think like yeah. different different people have different reactions, and some people like right. react really it. badly. Do it. it
0: takes a long time for your nails to recover when oh, you yeah. take them off. Yeah, and they feel glamorous for the first year. <laughs> the first
1: little. and then you're like why did i do this
0: this is a mistake (laughs) it's not worth no
1: good job you guys (laughs) all right and that is our show thank you guys for joining me and thank you guys listeners for listening in hope you learned a lot about spying printers uh counterfeiting money and robo bees You can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, and on our website, which is goodjobbrain.com. And check out our sponsor at bonobos.com. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. See
3: you,